Welcome to the Tim Graham Show, January 9th, 2019, Year of Our Lord edition. The Tim Graham Show is brought to you, as always, by Viola Cummings and Lindsay, your workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys. Call 285-9555. Visit them on the web at violacummingslindsay.com. Joined here in studio by my co-host, Mike Rodak of ESPN.com, Jonah Bronstein of Bronstein LLC is also here. You hear his voice. You don't really see him on the stream too much. He's in charge of the stream. He's behind the camera. Me the whole time. Handling a periscope. Yeah, those would get huge numbers. That would get huge numbers. Bobby Rosati diddling the knobs there is our producer. As always, Tim Graham Show has never had a different producer. Bobby Rosati from start to finish. That's pretty cool. I like that. Mike Rodak was not the has not always been the co-host. Right. Joe Licata, of course, starting out. Yeah. Jonah Bronstein was an addition later after the sh- the show was already going on. Came Jonah- off the bench. Yep. But it's always been Tim Graham and Bobby Rosati from start That's to finish. Pretty cool. I like the that. OGs. It's like Belichick. And oh, Brady. but you know what? <laughs> I haven't been here for every episode. Bucky Gleason was <laughs> right. had to fill in for me one time when I was on the road. Oh yeah. I went out to Fireball, California to do that uh, series on Josh Allen after he was drafted. And uh, Bucky Gleason had to step in for me. Our best show we did. So <laughs> so Bobby Rosati is the only person. Even the namesake of the show hasn't been here for every episode. We have uh, a lot of guests today. And, uh, oh, by the way, you can see a live stream of the Tim Graham show. Uh, I tweeted out... Um, off of Jonah Bronstein's account because Jonah Bronstein is our uh, resident videographer. So you can see a live stream of uh, the Tim Graham show and you could see replays of all the previous Tim Graham shows uh, via Periscope. And you can check out podcasts of the show within minutes of the show being over on iTunes and SoundCloud. A full podcast of the entire two hours of fun and excitement. So you can listen to the show. Then download the show, listen to it again, and then watch it a third time later tonight. That's right. There are three different plat well, all kinds of different platforms. But you can yeah, you can listen to it, you can watch it, you can study it. Feel free to memorize, memorize it. it. Is there all twenty two of the show? <laughs> there should be. We need a GoPro and we'll put it maybe up over my shoulder and we'll be able to come back and dissect it. And that's a way that people can see Jonah Bronstein on it. Right. Break down the film. Yeah. So the Buffalo uh I was about to say the Buffalo News. That's not true. I don't work for the Buffalo News anymore. Uh, yeah, so the Athletic uh, this morning ran a story of mine. Are we having uh, problems with our first guest? Bobby Rosati is like right in the middle of negotiating. Uh, Daniel Carcillo of the Chapter 5 Foundation, former Chicago Blackhawks player, and he's been uh, a good friend of former Sabres defenseman Steve Montador, who died uh, three years ago. Um, at 35 years old, uh, inspired Daniel Carcillo to start the Chapter 5 Foundation to help out uh, NHL players with uh, exit strategies, exit programs from the NHL to get them medical help to help them deal with things like depression and uh, uh, addictions that they develop while playing to painkillers, alcohol, um, all that type of stuff, Um, dark stuff. And Daniel Carcillo has uh, been an advocate for that. 
uh, with the Chapter 5 Foundation, and he's going to be on the show at some point today. Yes. Uh, we, we have, uh, what What was the... Uh... He He's actually just leaving a, lo- a loud area right now, so I he see. said he's going to call us in about half an hour. Half an hour. Yeah. So, but okay. if he said if he doesn't get back in about a half an hour, me call him. So we'll do that. All right. We'll definitely have him on. Well, Daniel Carcillo's got a, he has some important things to talk about, and mm-hmm. these are the types of issues that fascinate me. I think it is what really drives my interest in sports a lot these days uh, is player health and care of these guys. Uh, Football, it's been a prominent issue for years. Hockey always seems to be behind, even though they were at the forefront of concussion protocols. And the NFL eventually came around to to adopt a little bit more of the NHL's concussion protocol for once a player is diagnosed with one, how long it takes for them to get back on the ice. At the same time, the NHL has been really behind because of fighting. I think because of the way the game is played, the mentality. I think there are a lot of people uh, still uh, who are, uh, you know, the manly man type thoughts of you don't tell people when you're having issues, uh, when you're depressed, when you're battling an addiction, uh, when you're not feeling quite right and shouldn't be on the ice. I think the NFL has evolved pretty quickly over the last three or four years with players coming, speaking out about, uh, taking care of their brains, being more proactive about it. And hockey has just always been uh, lagging. And I think a lot of that comes from the commissioner also. Gary Bettman still, anytime you talk to him about concussion issues and CTE, uh, he he will say that the NHL uh, or that hockey is not is not at fault for that. Uh, so a lot of shifting on that. So I don't, we're going to talk to Daniel Carcillo about it. He calls it an injustice, the way that the NHL handles its uh, injured players. And uh, we're going to have him on later on in this hour. We were hoping to have him here at the beginning of the hour. It was his schedule. He picked the time. So we're, we're flexible. We'll be able to, uh, we'll uh, be able to work around it. Joe Mahalik, Hofstra basketball coach, former Niagara coach, beloved, would you say, Jonah? At Niagara, maybe one of the most one of the most popular local basketball coaches in Western New York history. Absolutely, he's in the Niagara Falls Sports Hall of Fame. Was inducted in October, and there's a lot of people in that Hall of Fame. It's called the Old Timers Hall of Fame, but there aren't many people in there that are active coaches or players. It's usually, you know, he got inducted at a rather young age for the Old Timers Hall of Fame. Well, Joe Mahalik is the coach at Hofstra. He just uh, recently won his 100th game as Hofstra's coach. And uh, the Colonial Athletic Conference leading Hofstra, what, what the Hofstra Pride oh. Jackrabbits? No, the oh, Pride. I know it. Damn Jackrabbits. <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't. I've been on the Hofstra campus a handful of times. The New York Jets used to have their yeah. training camp there, and uh, but I, I don't. Well, their facility, their in-season practice facility, was there too. Oh, that's right. Up until. 2010, I think, is when they built the one in Jersey. Yeah, in Florham Park, New Jersey. It's oh, a it palace. is the Pride. Mm-hmm. The Hofstra Pride. I thought he was kidding. Jay Wright, have... Villanova coach, made his name there early 2000s. Oh, right. So we'll have Joe Mahalik on at uh, around 5 o'clock. And uh, we're going to have Ernie Green. Now you're saying, yeah, that's right, Ernie Green. <laughs> Former <laughs> Tonawanda News sports writer Ernie Green, who moved to Phoenix uh, several years ago, uh, Ernie Green and I used to cover uh, boxing together because the Tonawanda News, of course, would cover Joe Macy, baby Joe Macy, lived. The, the pride of the town of Tonawanda. And uh, Ernie Green and I were chronicling the career of one undefeated heavyweight 
who went on to be top rated in the in the world by the WBC, uh, Joe Macy. And uh, but Ernie's going to be on. He's he's now a stand up comic, and uh, he's going to come on uh, and talk about an event that's going on uh, locally to help out some pro wrestlers who are in need. Uh, there was a, a car accident. Uh, some amateur. Well, I guess. You, all right. So when you say pro wrestler, they're amateur. What would you say about that? They're amateur. <laughs> you wouldn't call them amateur. Amateur wrestlers. pro wrestlers. I'd call it minor league, local circuit. Yeah. yeah. Circuit. Local yeah. circuit. There you go. Local, local territory that would wrestlers. be a, it would be an oxymoron to call them amateur <laughs> pro wrestlers yeah you can't do that it, <laughs> and amateur wrestling something totally different right yeah yeah so anyway You're right you would offend amateur wrestlers if you called these guys amateurs yes i think i'd offend everybody if i called them amateurs i'd, I'd offend them too i will say they might not be being paid very much <laughs> or at all which is why they need help they were yes, they were yeah, coming we back joking. from an event and were involved in an accident, uh, three of them, and uh, they need uh, medical help. Uh, they need assistance and financial assistance. So some local comics are getting together to put on a benefit. And it's in uh, conjunction the, with the wrestling show, right? Yes. ESW, I'm not sure what that stands for, but that's what it is. Ernie Green's going to come out and talk to us about that, and uh, hopefully he's funny <laughs> while talking about something very serious. That's I've seen where, It's pressure. I laugh. It's pressure on Ernie. Yeah, he's a stand-up comic. He's going to have to pull it off at this event, right? It's just kind of a somber occasion that these wrestlers need some money and they have a, a long road to go. You want to keep people happy. But they've got to tell jokes. <laughs> well, Ernie Green hired me for an internship at the Tonawanda News. It was really my first internship. I called back two weeks later to try to show up, and they said, no, he's gone. He's left to be a stand-up comic. And I never really picked up on the internships <laughs> about a year later. Rob Lederman did that to me, actually, at 97 a long time ago. Same well, thing. The thing about Ernie... We'll talk with us about him, I'm sure, but we'll talk about this with him for sure. A lot of uh, I'm having trouble prepositions in there. I'm, I'm struggling at the top of the show here. I think the whole Daniel Carcillo uh, audible threw me off. Sorry, no, it's not your fault. Oh, I know Daniel Carcillo needed to get to a place where he could focus better. Right, right. Um is that I saw Ernie when he was getting uh, doing amateur stuff, uh, open mic night type stuff, and he was linking to his YouTube page and sending along saying, hey, what do you think? And now I know Ernie is the sports writer from the Tonawanda News. And so he's up there talking, and I'm not really listening to the jokes because I know Ernie, and I'm just kind of like watching in awe of, like, there he is. And it was I think it was uh, improv, the, the, chain, the famous chain of comedy stores. And uh, so he's at the improv, and so he's got the brick wall and the logo behind him, and there's Ernie with the microphone, and he's got his notes because he's just starting out, and he was getting laughs. Now, I don't know if he was funny or not because I just couldn't get over the fact that it's Ernie, but the crowd liked him. Well, comedy isn't all about being funny, as ironic as that sounds. It's the delivery and the way you tell the jokes and the comfort level on stage, and I think Ernie has that, you know, had that at a... a the start of his career and if he's getting funnier jokes then he's going to get funnier yeah. and funnier that's the thing about ernie i think he has a heavy percentage of dgaf in him and you need that to be able to get up on stage and in most cases comics have to make fun of themselves and uh he gets up there and does that the buffalo bills today sent out a couple of fan surveys one for a stadium and one for a fan uh, experience. Now, I wanted to take this poll 
or this survey here on the air live. Do you want to do it all together? Do we want to do it now? It says it takes seven to eight minutes, Bobby. What do you think of that? What do you think of the timing of? Well, we got some... we have plenty of time until Dan's calling us, so let's do it. Okay, let's do this. Uh, well, we do we do have a commercial break we need to take. Well, we'll do that um, after that break, and he'll be calling us. All right, so let's do this. I like it. So the Bills send this email out, and uh, whoever responds to this or whoever this email is sent to is considered to be on the Bills fan panel. It says, thank you for joining the Bills fan panel. This survey will take seven to eight minutes. All right, we ready to go? This is one of those things that it. I put a, you know, we have to score it. We have to give a reasonable answer. And then at the bottom, we click next. So I don't know what the next questions are going to be. I only have the first page. Passion for the Bills under that subheading. We are interested in learning about your passion for watching, attending, and following the performance of the Buffalo Bills and its players. How passionate are you about this? Now, we don't have to a answer this honestly. We can answer however we want to have fun with it. Now, our passion for this, really, the way that this is phrased from a media standpoint, we're not, we don't have passion for the Bills, but I do have passion for watching, attending, and following the performance of the Bills because it pays my mortgage, right? Right. I mean, I'm at every game. That's accurate. I have to be at every game. You I have to pay attention. Like somebody who is passionate about watching Buffalo Bills football. How passionate are you about the Bills? Well, let's say uh, it's a, it's a ten. Uh, it's a, from well. Can you say eh? It is from zero to one hundred. <laughs> I can slide this bar and Granular. I can go up. I'm gonna say ninety two. <laughs> 90, it's, oh, it got, it's at 94, and I'm just going to leave it. What was your number in high school? The 34. <laughs> That's oh. a good way to do it. Maybe you should go 95 for Kyle Williams. What, you think I played the offensive line or the defensive line that I, I mean, I'd have a big number? Kickers were 90s in college. I don't know. That's true. What you were. You were Social you were media. Next question. I was not the long snapper, no. <laughs> I was a holder. Huh? Which social media do you use to follow the Bills? Do not follow on social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. It doesn't say that I can pick as many as I want, but I think Twitter is primary. Yeah, Twits. Are we allowed to do more than one? Oh, yeah. we're allowed to do more than one. Oh. So let's say, well, I'm going to be truthful on this. I don't do Instagram or Snapchat. Um, I have a Facebook page that anybody can feel free to check out uh, and friend me on there. I'll, I'll friend you back. Twitter at by Tim Graham. Let's say Twitter. Yeah. Twitter only. Agreed. Companies and brands. We are interested in your thoughts and feelings about brands in our market. Mm. Brand regard. To what extent do you hold the following brands in high regard? Well, okay, now we might be in some tricky uh, territory here because these may or may not be sponsors of the Tim Graham Show or at Cumulus here with all the various oh, programs that we yes. have. So maybe I should just go right down the middle on all these. There are one through seven. One is very low regard. Seven is very high regard. Blue Rock Energy. So there is no middle. Four would be in the middle. Well, above middle. No, there's three. Oh, yeah, you're one, right. two, and three. And I'm then not four, good at math. And then five, six, seven. <laughs> NRG I don't even know what Energy. Blue Rock Energy does. Is that a gas company? I'm not sure. Constellation. NRG Energy. Constellation. Spot Coffee. High regard. Very high good. regard. Had it this morning. For Spot Coffee. Mm -hmm. And Dunkin' Donuts. Very high regard for me from Dunkin' Not Donuts. Not in this market, but Ooh, But are in we general. upsetting the Tim Hortons people by saying that? Well, Tim Hortons is Let's, next. I'm going to say high, high regard. regard for them, too. Mm. Uh-oh. 
This seems a little out of place. Why why is this coffee survey in the middle of the stadium survey? <laughs> Maybe because they want to know what to serve Different in survey. the stadium. Really, this we're getting is that a fan right survey. Now. This is not a. No. Uh, they're not even decided on this. On but these state. next three are Where attorney f- are attorney firms, and yeah. none of them are Viola Cummings and Lindsay. Okay, man. But I don't also don't want to insult anybody, so I'm just going to put in the middle. Yeah, because it's middle, tough. I have middle regard. I think we have all of them. I would have Viola Cummings and Lindsay. I would give them a seven for sure. Mm. Out of seven. Abs- yes. Absolutely. Very, very high regard. Well, you're like a judge. you got to be completely impartial with the attorneys. How important or relevant are these brands to your life? So not how you how you consider them, how much respect you have for them, but how relevant are they to your actual needs? Losi and Ganji, I mean, I'm not sure what they specialize in. I hope that I don't have any relevance for a personal injury attorney, but you might. And if I did, I'd call Viola Cummings and Lindsay. My workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys. Blue Rock Energy, four. Constellation, four. Dunkin' Donuts, I'm going to give them a six, because sometimes I'm not in the mood to drive over to my particular Dunkin' Donuts. It's not a convenient location. Yeah. Sometimes the Tim Hortons is on the Most way. Most of them are closed in Buffalo anyway. I mean. The one by me is not. There's like three that are open. I'm going to give Tim Hortons a six out of seven. NRG Energy, Connors and Ferris, Spot Coffee. I like Spot Coffee, but it's I'm going to give them a six, too. I'll be fair to all the coffee. All the coffee's got a six. Everybody else got a four. Who stands out? Brands that stand out from the competition are, and this is in italics, different, unique, innovative, dynamic, and distinctive. Which brands stand out to you in the following categories? Legal, Paul William Bell. This is all the same. I'm giving them all 50s. They all stand out about in the middle. Because quite frankly, there are so many ads yeah, it's just you hard. You can't to, even tell. You can't even keep them straight. You really can't. Spot coffee. Yeah, I'm gonna give them all hundreds. Dunkin' Donuts. Tim Hortons. Energy. Uh, mm. Fifty, fifty, and fifty. Feel free to call in at two seventy twelve seventy if you have uh, any uh, thoughts on. <laughs> yes, yeah, some input. Yeah, if you, if you're saying no, man. NRG Energy is way better than yeah. Blue Rock. Four. The only time I've heard of them is in Houston. NRG Stadium. Trust? Oh, it's all the same. It's all the same. It's these same nine companies. Who do I trust? Do you have to answer every question? You yes. do. I don't trust Mike. Yeah. Is he I on trust there? Trust you. I trust. You know what? I trust them all. Sir. Why would I not <laughs> trust them? Right? Can you give me any reason why I should not? I'm a, I'm somebody who's no. easy to trust. Unless you screw me over, I'm going to trust you. So I'm going to give Losi Gan- and Ganji, Paul William Belts, Connor and Ferris all the trust until they do something to me that makes me say, you know what? I can't trust you. I don't I, trust Spot Coffee. I tr- Oh, come on. They did something to me. What did they do? They, one time at one of their stores, I did not fill in a tip. Right. So I just left it blank. And sure enough, when I checked my credit card, they added money what? to that bill. No. They added but you said tip. you went to Spot Coffee today, so you still give them your business. I do, but doesn't mean I trust them. Oh, I just that, a, I would say that's probably a worker. You have whoever yeah. that were in and not a Spot and Coffee. And I I call them, I ask, you know, how how is it possible that there's an extra $3 to this? And they didn't have a good answer. And to their credit, they refunded me their entire bill that day not did, just the tip did they ask you why you didn't leave a tip 
No, I don't think there's. If you're getting, <laughs> no, I if know, you're going I'm to the scared. counter at one of these places, oh, I agree. There's a lot there's of places. There's no table service, and you're just filling a yep. cup of coffee and making a sandwich for you. No, I don't I, think I, they need a tip. Honestly, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think people agree. go there's overboard with tipping. Yes, there's a couple places you go, and it's like, ooh. Mm, mm. This next part is about all these brands, but it's like a quiz. Mm. Who is the current corporate partner of the bills for energy? Constellation, Blue Rock, or NRG? Mm. I think it's Blue Rock. Mm-hmm. Coffee. Tim Hortons, Dunkin' Donuts, Spot Coffee. It's Tim Hortons. In the, they serve of Tim course. Hortons in the press box. Yep. Okay. Legal. Connor and Ferris, Paul William Belts, Losey and Ganji. Ooh. That's easy. Connors and Ferris. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Training they camp. do. Yeah, that's right. The training camp. Mm-hmm. See? Uh, more bills, corporate partnerships. Which of these methods do the following brands use? Does Connor and Ferris use the name and logo, fixed signage, scoreboard, digital, promotions, TV broadcast? Why am I being punished for doing the bills <laughs> a favor by taking this survey? Yeah, I know. This is hard work. It should just be one Connors click. and Ferris uses the logo. They used fixed signage at the stadium. Scoreboard digital, probably. Promotions, yes. TV broadcast, probably. Radio broadcast, yes. Website, everywhere. Do, do you get anything for this? Because like, I'm more. You should put I in don't for know. A gift card. You go to the mall and they give you these things. They say take this. Blue survey Rock and you Energy. Get $10. I'm clicking them all because if you're the yeah. official, that's what you get, right? You're supposed to be all over the place. How many Bills fans are actually? answering all these questions and sitting down and doing this and not getting five minutes into it and saying, why am I wasting my time? Yeah, they'd rather do a Facebook quiz. There better be a payoff at the end of this. (laughs) A a redemption code. (laughs) Yeah, so I can get uh, Get to the final level of Mike Tyson's punch out. Some of that $90 in cap room. (laughs) Please check one box that best describes how frequently you shop by each of these. 20% How frequently do you buy Losi and Ganji? Um... I've never Depends. used a lawyer in my life. Never used, never used, never used. I thought it was a lotion. Lo- <laughs> like <laughs> lotion. <laughs> never. I don't. Blue Rock Energy Constellation Energy. No, buy energy. I'm not. I yeah. I'm not. Dick an, Cheney. <laughs> coffee. Very. Re- Tim Hortons regularly. Dunkin' Donuts regularly. Spot occasionally. Mm. Brand. Oh, for. these are all like just different versions of the same questions would you use these uh, only if yeah if only if convenient i'm going to use the the uh, legal thing uh the one i would prefer is tim hortons and uh all right and energy I would, I'm going to say I would never use energy. But here's the thing. If, for the sake of this. If that's a natural gas company, usually there's only one option. Like where I've lived, there's only been national yeah, fuel. Yeah, you can't go shopping. So, well, you can in some places. The supplier you can shop for. But it's not like I wake up in the morning and be like, oh, man, I'm, am I going to buy national fuel or Blue Rock today? Check all of the boxes which apply to you for each energy provider. Does Constella- Constellation, do you know the brand? Presenting partner for Player of the Week. Plan to switch to their service within the next six months. Offer a bills cap when you switch. Hey, all right. Do I want a bills cap if I switch to Constellation? Oh, wow. No. A free I'm just going to say no. A free one? All of them. I, it, this is your energy. You're going to be swayed off of your energy <laughs> preference based for, on a ball cap. Or a hat. You're like, yeah, because your your energy is going to get shut off. You're going to need that hat. <laughs> like, can I instead of a ball cap, can I get a toque? Because I'm going to be cold it's in my be house. Freezing. If I switch, all right. Spot Coffee. You've downloaded the app. 
or these are for all three coffees. You've downloaded the app. You've entered promotion or sweepstakes, bought in the past six months, consumed in the past six months. All right. I've bought and consumed all the coffees within the last six months. For the purposes of this survey, for the rest of the survey, I will be Amish and for the all the energy questions. <laughs> I will not. I will use their firm if needed. All of them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pit them all against each other, and, and I'm going to use all three of these if needed. Get them all in a room and have a fight for my business. Ah, here we go. Yeah, During the stuff. season, to what degree do the Bills occupy your mind? Jesus. Mm. Zero to 100. Do the Bills occupy your mind? What do we want to answer on this? 95. That's you? Yeah. Well, it is your job. Right. What about the time you're sleeping? Yeah. You dream about it? I dream about the Bills. <laughs> Never on my mind, always on my mind. That's, yeah. I'm going to give them 100. The Bills are always on my mind. If something would make me want to shout, then it's got to be always on your mind, right? I know people that the Bills are literally always on their mind. At least Isn't that from wake up to go to sleep. What's wrong with them? Well, they don't have children, probably. Mm. They don't have a political affiliation. During <laughs> the, or the, yeah, they don't go to you church. Yeah, they're independent voters. During the season, <laughs> how much do you prior, prioritize your time so that you can follow the bills? Mm. None or completely? I don't have to prioritize. <laughs> that is your time. Yeah. So that you can follow the bills. When it comes to, I'm going to say 100. I'm going to be a super fan for this. When it comes to how you feel about the bills in your life. Oh, boy. I can't live without the bills. <laughs> what? 100. Strongly disagree or strongly agree? Could you live without the bills? I would be poor on the street. I mean, this is 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 this a dark question? I could. <laughs> I cannot live without the bills. Yeah, if you if Lord. you check zero or a hundred, I strongly agree. One. Would be I cannot live without the bills. Ooh, bills media section. So During the season, how frequently? That down a huh? You might not want to go all the way to the end of the slider on that one. I might get a phone call from somebody. Yeah, that might so, be. A, <laughs> I might get a health and services uh, phone call. Bills Media, during the season, how frequently did you watch games on TV? Zero. And this one goes zero to 16. Mm, zero. So I'm guessing for all the games. That's right. We didn't watch any. I can't live without the Bills. It is on in the press box. But I didn't watch them on TV. Ooh, that's true. Yeah, but that's... We do that, watch the that replays. Doesn't count. That doesn't okay. count. Yeah, because they're probably looking for the advertising. Listen or follow games on the radio or internet? Zero. Okay. Follow I do that the, sometimes. Am I part of this? I do that sometimes. No. Follow the team's of official Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram <laughs> You're accounts. You're out. 16. 16. On alert. Yeah, they do have you on alert. Or you do have them on I alert. I have them on alert. I do not have anything on alert. I follow the Snapchat. I do. Oh, boy. There's unique content on Snapchat that's not on the others. Do you like, post, or share on the Bill's official Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram accounts? Nope. I'm going to say eight times. There are things on there that I retweet on occasion. Visit www.buffalobills.com. Three. Three? That's high. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I went. Oh, to check the roster or something like that. Does that count? Yeah, there's reasons. Yeah, from time that's to true. time. That's true. Three. Including two preseason games, how many of the ten home games did you personally <laughs> attend? That's a ten. Ten. Ten spot. Demographics, are you male, Mike? Prefer not to answer. All right, we're not going to answer this. 
How, how dare you ask this question? <laughs> Have you previously completed a survey on brand partners on the team? No, not that I recall. Not that's sure. Recall. Oh, that, that's what we've been doing for 15 minutes. <laughs> Have you? Pre- oh. That's true. <laughs> yes, on these same brands is one of the clicks. Yeah, you're right. We just did. Are you in a position in a business or nonprofit organization that allows you to influence or decide on expenditures for professional services, office supplies, IT technology, utilities, or other vendor choices? Nope. I am. I run the Tim Graham show. I'm going to so say I have I'm in the business or nonprofit the organization. Office supplies in this room. IT technology, utilities, I have my laptop. This is I bring some of my stuff in here for professional services is on here. I offer professional but expenditures. Services. You influence expenditures. Expenditures. Yeah. Mm, I guess I'll say I have uh, a little One. influence. Okay. I'll give myself a 2. Fair. 0 to 10, I'm going with a 2 for some influence. How many miles away is your residence from the Bill Stadium? Ooh, you're, what, 25? I don't know. What is what Yours? is Williamsville? Let's just say 10. What is my zip code? I'll put in my zip code. What year was I born? Anybody want to take a stab at it? 1971. Mm, That's right. Wow. Household income? You knew that. Anybody want to take a stab at that? <laughs> Two mil? <laughs> Two mil. Any old 150 or more. 150 or more. Are your kids working yet? (laughs) They're not. 12 and 10. Uh, I'm going to not answer that question. (laughs) Education level? None. Uh, Sorry. uh, I have a bachelor's degree. How many children 18 or under live in my household? But we're answering this as a team. I'm the only one with kids. For now. Just dawned on them. Dawned on, dawned on me. You're 22 miles away, Tim. Am I? According to my calculations on oh, for Google. Well, let me fix that then. Yeah, it's a haul. 22. I thought I was closer. Uh, do you have a Bills ticket plan for the 2018 season? Does a credential count? Ticket? That's not a ticket plan. None. Do you have a Sabres ticket plan? None. Nope. Nobody. Anybody in here have Sabres seasons? No. Nope. No, but I, every time I go to a game to cover it, the guy asks me if I'm buying or selling my tickets. I see. Sometimes I'm involved with that. <laughs> you missed a question. Oh, how? Because we said zero. Well, no. Right? You sure? Yeah. You can't allow you to say zero, apparently. I can't say that we didn't watch any Bills games on television. The survey's rigged. It's Yeah. You should be allowed to say zero. Yeah. Or maybe right. you had it on nothing, and now you have to put it to zero. Well, they have ratings Try to that. tell them these things. You mean a survey that 20 people are going to respond to yeah. isn't going to give you a big enough sample Send size? a survey to Bills fans. Have you ever watched the Bills game? I think there has to be some sort of payoff, not just a message at the end saying thank you for and your feedback. And now I'm t- I completed. I didn't say thank you. I didn't get a thank you. It just sent me to Bills.com. So now I'm, you've, I've gone there one time. You've given them a click. I, gave them a, yep. I thought there were questions about the stadium and renovations and things like that. This Is See, that number? was a different survey that Tim got. This... The stadium survey was the one that I have open on my computer, but I think we have a break to get to. People get paid to fill out surveys. It's like a part-time job for some people. Yeah, yeah they give you like you 10 be- bucks at the mall or something like that to go fill out a survey. They can do it in the mail now, too. All right, so that was uh, there was no payoff at all for that. We just got to uh, go is, through a survey. That's sad. What do you think now, Bobby Rosati, of Blue Rock Energy? I mean... You happy with it? You happy with your service? I'm not. Personally, but I wouldn't not recommend it to somebody. Do you know what it is? No. Don't. Constellation? (laughs) 
We should probably see if Daniel Carcillo has any answers to these questions. <laughs> He'd probably segment. be just as good. Oh, boy. We're off to a hell of a start. I think that the uh, first half hour of the podcast is uh, going – well, no. The podcast is going to start with Daniel Carcillo. I think we're just not going to – we're just going to pretend that last half hour didn't happen. Not going to recreate. The Tim Graham Show is brought to you by Viola Cummings and Lindsay, your workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys. Call 285-9555. Visit them on the web at violacummingslindsay.com. I can't underscore Viola Cummings and Lindsay enough, especially after we just talked about all those other law firms. I think Viola Cummings and Lindsay, uh, your workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys, uh, should be in that survey. Niagara Falls People base. are going to demand it. Joe Mahalik might have some thoughts on them. Joe Mahalik's coming up. Daniel Carcillo's coming up. Ernie Green's coming up. Joel Staniszewski, who went 5-0 and last week with his picks. Wow. Picked all four games correctly and advised you to take the Colts, Texans under, which also happened. So how much money do we think he won? 5-0, and that's a big He week. told me, and he was doing in-game betting, which is his big thing, and he was betting big on the Eagles during that game. So I think he did very well last week. Damn. So we'll see what he's got to say big about this Cody weekend's Parkey. game. When we come back on the Tim Graham Show here on Sports Radio 1270, The Fan. The Tim Graham Show. Oh, that's trash, young lady. Yep. Radio 1270, The Fan. And on the Fans app. Free to download in the App Store. Now back to the Tim Graham Show. Welcome back to the Tim Graham Show. Bobby, should we do the intro again and just pretend like we're starting the show over? <laughs> like we're just coming back? Yeah. I like this song. Just introduce us again. Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tim Graham Show. <laughs> January 9th, 2019, Year of Our Lord edition. The Tim Graham Show is brought to you by Viola Cummings and Lindsay, your workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys. Call 285-9555 or visit them on the web at violacummingsandlindsay.com. Visit them on the web at violacummingslindsay.com. No and. No and in the in the website, in the no URL. No, nothing. Just violacummingslindsay.com. We got a full show for you today, folks. Here with my co-host, Mike Rodak of ESPN.com and Jonah Bronstein of Bronstein Enterprises. He's handling things on Periscope, as he does every week. You can see a live stream of the Tim Graham Show. Uh, we tweet out the link. Uh, you can go check it out. Uh, you can also see all the old Tim Graham shows on Periscope. Bobby Rosati did on the knobs, as he always says. Did you know that the only person who has been here for every Tim Graham show is Bobby Rosati? Not even Tim Graham himself oh, has been right. here for every episode. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I missed a show because Bucky Gleason had yeah, to. Now, I was right. on the show as a call-in guest from California. Yes. So I guess maybe on a technicality. did we have a no fill-in Joe, producer so. one day? I feel like we did. Oh, you did. Did we? You had yeah. Trippy. I forgot about that. Oh, yes. Yes. Did. Maybe even for multiple if, weeks. If, Were you on vacation? None of us are clean. That, you know what? He did, I think, Bucky and Sully oh, and then right. Tim. Yeah, no, okay. yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. So Damn. forget it all. <laughs> Damn it. We've, we've gotten off the two you know, false starts. This reminds me of like you watch the Back to the Future movies and they have that one scene that they replay in every movie. <laughs> and it's yeah. a different movie, but you still got to watch that scene it's again. Or uh, a Family Guy episode where Stewie goes back in time and he keeps going back two seconds earlier to kill <laughs> to kill his previous yeah. or to whatever. <laughs> Peter goes back to meet Lois. Daniel Carcillo, founder of the Chapter 5 Foundation, former Chicago Blackhawk and uh, close friend of the late Steve Monador, 
Uh, he's going to be on the show at some point. Uh, Joe Mahalik, the Hofstra basketball coach and beloved, beloved former Niagara uh, basketball coach. He's going to be on. Uh, Ernie Green, former Tana, Tanawanda New, um, former Tanawanda News. Uh, there's something about the word Tanawanda that makes me want to roll the town of Tanawanda out because I live there. Mm. And you just say it all the time. And you have to designate the differences between the Tonawandas. There are major differences. North Tonawanda, South Tonawanda. City of Tonawanda. East. West. My uh, college roommate's girlfriend's name was Tawana. Really? Not Tonawanda, but Tawana. I'm just throwing that out there. A little trivia. Tawana trivia. There's a town, I think, in Pennsylvania, Tawana. In Pennsylvania. <laughs> oh, Okay. Tijuana. Let's call them up. Let's call up the uh, <laughs> Chamber of Commerce there, see if they have anything to add on this. That's something Letterman would do. So Ernie Green, he's a former Tonawanda News sports writer. We used to cover boxing together in Baby Joe Macy back in the day. He's now a stand-up comic out in the Phoenix area, and he's uh, putting together a charity event this weekend for some local circuit pro wrestlers uh, who were involved in an auto accident recently and uh, uh, he's going to talk to us about that. Joel Staniszewski, the undefeated in the playoffs, Joel Staniszewski. Did you know that there was an NFL team in Tonawanda? Yes. I never knew that. An the NFL Cardex. team? Yeah, the Tonawanda Cardex they, Lumbermen. Yeah, they played one or two games. One game. Some stuff's been written. There was kind of, yeah, one game for sure, but there's a, a second game that where they were under. But this was back in the 20s, right? Right, 1921. Are we sure this is in the Niagara Frontier League? No, this is the National Football League. For and one year. Is, they are on the wall at the Hall of Fame. There is all the records of all the teams that have ever played in the National Football League and the Tonawanda Cardex, which is the name of a company at the time. Back then... Well, do we know, is this the, the town of Tonawanda or is it um, Native American? It was the city group. of Tonawanda. City of Tonawanda. So they had, uh, back then, teams used to travel from city to city wherever the sponsorship money was, and this... Uh, well, don't get into it too deeply, but uh, really, I find it to be pretty intriguing. Well, it's yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. Maybe I didn't we'll know do that. a whole show on it. You learn something new every day. The stories have been written about this, but uh, there there could be something done on it. The shortest lived team in NFL history, one game, and it's hard to find information because it was 1920. It wasn't really covered by the newspapers because the National Football League wasn't an important back then. Probably preoccupied with World War One. So if you go back into the archives at the Buffalo News, the Joe, Buffalo Evening News at the time, uh, you won't see much. Joe Horgan wrote about it. Yeah. Joe Horgan, uh, a native son, mm -hmm. who now works for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. 1984. Uh, so, yeah. So that happened. But back then, and well into the, the 40s, 50s, uh, Baseball, for instance, the Indianapolis Clowns, the famous Negro League team, and I wrote a story about this. Uh, Hank Aaron played for them. Wow. When Hank Aaron played for the Indianapolis Clowns, they played their games at uh, in Buffalo. Buffalo was the home city for the Indianapolis Clowns for two or three seasons. Now, people say, well, they're the Indianapolis Clowns, but it's like the Harlem Globetrotters. Teams did not have an anchor town necessarily they went and played wherever they could find a home stadium oh. that would give them the dates but they kept their branding so they would they remained the indianapolis colts right but or the indian i'm sorry the indianapolis clowns even though they played in buffalo and i think they really? played in some other cities too that weren't so indianapolis really it's just a different way the system works it's just a different way that people brand back the then you didn't necessarily have uh 
you didn't necessarily have a, a guarantee for a stadium that you could stay in any one place. And if you didn't have a place to play, then you'd have to find a city that had a stadium for you. And the Indianapolis Clowns had to move around quite a bit. They lost their one game, 45 to nothing, to the Rochester Jeffersons. And the reason I was bringing up the Indianapolis Clowns is because I think the Tonawanda Cardex played another game in Tonawanda under their previous name, which is why I think that there's a second game involved. Uh, but anyways, we're getting way too way too in the in the weeds, as they say. I can't believe they call the team the Clowns. There are a the lot of stupid is, names. They played the Dunkirk is. YMCA. The juggernaut Dunkirk YMCA that beat up on UB. Oh, we talked about that. Yeah. The Dun- Dunkirk YMCA have beat beat UB basketball. Those are fun to go back into the college all time. You know, you'll see where Ohio State played Baldwin Wallace. You know, you'll see all these weird yeah, and Lockport. Yes, <laughs> Ohio State beat Lockport some High School club yeah. team from Tawana, Pennsylvania. Hey, the game was invented in a YMCA, so maybe those were all the best teams back then. The YMCA team, Springfield, Mass. All right, so we're still waiting to hear from Daniel Carcillo. We're going to have Joe Mahalik at the top of the hour. Uh, Ernie Green, uh, when we come back here on the Tim Graham Show, brought to you by Viola Cummings and Lindsay, your workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys. Call 285-9555. Visit them on the web at violacummingslindsay.com. This is the Tim Graham Show here on Sports Radio 1270 The Fan. This is Sports Radio 1270 The Fan. The Tim Graham Show. 1270 The Fan. The Tim Graham Show. Mike Rodak, did you know we were back on the air? Doesn't look like it. We had weather. We had a weather report from Mike Rodak yeah. there. <laughs> the snow is sticking in Salamanca. Oh, good. Doesn't feel like winter around here. Weather at the tens. I'm not complaining. People are celebrating that there might be snow tonight. Yeah, I'd rather disgusting. have green grass as long as we can through yeah. January. I'm sick of winter. After all my. 28 years on earth i'll take what we're having now i don't have a problem with it i like last night yeah well i'm not i'm saying i'm not sick of this winter i'm saying i'm sick of winter in general so we're i'm glad that we have what we have right now hey, Bob, you said you liked last night yeah last the cold night. rain and yeah sorry i was thinking of two nights ago <laughs> <laughs> it was like we're all with it today man yeah. <laughs> what do we got in the docket Ernie Green's on hold. Tell us some jokes. Yeah, he better be funny while talking about these local circuit pro wrestlers who got in a car accident. Ernie Green's on the line. Ernie, how are you going to pull this off? This is a pretty serious thing. Uh, Why don't you tell us what happened in the event that uh, you're putting together? Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, my pleasure, Tim. So, um, first off, if you guys guys want to get rid of the snow, it's uh, 67 and sunny in Scottsdale right now. So, um, come come on down, Mike. 67, that's it. Yeah, it, 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 it's kind of cold. It's kind of cold right now. I apologize. Um, look, yeah. Isn't it monsoon season, or when does that start down there? Monsoon season's like late July, early August. Usually. Oh, no kidding. Oh, no, I thought yeah, it was. Uh, I didn't know that that was a summer season. thing. I thought. Uh, yeah. Okay, my bust. Yeah, it's been a oh, while since I spent it's, time it's down there. No, the re- the reason why you probably think that is because like the one week it's rained in January in January or February in the past five years is the one week you spent down here at the Super Bowl. So that's probably why you think that. Yeah, that was awful weather. Terrible weather. Just absolutely awful. There are a lot of beers. Anyway, I regret. Um, 
Which um, Super so Bowl was that? Who were the teams in Phoenix? Patriots, Seahawks. Um, Patriots, Seahawks. Patriots, That's Seahawks. right. That's right. Yeah. Typical Rodak knows his Patriots Super Bowls. So Ernie Green, former <laughs> Tonawanda News sports writer, turned stand-up yep. comic. Tell us. Um, so tell us about this event you're doing, Ernie. I don't want to get. Uh, I don't want to just. Uh, do a slap and tickle here for the first uh, or for the rest of your segment here. This is a serious thing that you got going on, and a very admirable admirable event that you've put together. Yeah, slap and tickle can get us in trouble these days. Hashtag me too. But, well, um, only if I it's mean, uh, if I'll, I'd give you consent, Ernie. So it's uh, I mean you wouldn't get any uh, no issue from me. Okay, perfect. But, you know those crazy Massachusetts people, man. They're 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 out. Of, they're all over the place. Anyway, so on Sunday, so on Sunday night. Um, Four guys from Buffalo, they're called the Buffalo Brothers in the wrestling world. Uh, Nick Puffpath, Kevin Bennett, Danny Garcia, and Kevin Lockwood were driving back from a professional wrestling show, and they got in a really, really bad car accident. Um, I don't know them personally, but I, I'm a big, I'm a giant, you know, professional wrestling fan. Hands off, ladies. Um, so I, I called um, my good, my good friend Kevin, Chris Golo, who's um, from Buffalo. Him and I put comedy shows together all the time when I'm there. Great guy. He's also a big wrestling guy. He's a wrestling announcer for many different organizations. Fun fact about me is I used to be the ring announcer for Buffalo Championship Wrestling when I lived there. Him and I were just kind of talking about what happened, and I just kind of said in passing, like, hey, listen, I'm going to be in town this week. Let's see if we can't do something. And he's like, oh, absolutely. So we just kind of – the only thing that Chris and I are even somewhat good at is comedy. So um, we just said, hey, let's put a show together. It's going to be on the fly. Like, we came up with this idea on Monday for Friday, but the venue, Dwyer's Pub in North Carolina, they're like, yes, we can come on, come on down. We asked for comics, and, you know, we had every single comic that we asked said, yes, we're more than welcome to be on the show. And every single, we've had so many shares on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter that this is going to be a much bigger show than we anticipate. So basically, we're having a comedy fundraiser. It's going to be 8.30 p.m. on Friday at Dwyer's Pub in North Carolina. That's 65 Webster Street. Um, on Webster Street, there's a big the Riviera Theaters right there. It's a building just south to it, so it's right there. It's very easy to find. We're going to have the whole upstairs to ourselves. It's going to be a $10 donation. All the proceeds are going to go to um, the four wrestlers who got hurt, and then we're going to have a 50-50 raffle also with, with all those proceeds going to them. So it's going to be a great night. We have a lot of funny comics. Um, Eric Lingerfeld. I would hope Stewart. so. Yeah, Shannon Dawn, um, Paul Clemente, Bob Reiner, Jeremy Little. Jake Sampson, including with Chris and myself, and uh, we're going we're to have a great. We're basically going to have a great time. We're going to raise a lot of money, so it was really cool um, how quickly this came together. But I'm not surprised because the people of Buffalo are, are always great, and every time something like this happens, everybody seems to rally around the cause like this. So I couldn't be you know any happier for the support that we've gotten from everybody. We're in conversation with Ernie Green. You may remember him as a sports writer here locally for the Tonawanda News. Uh, we covered boxing together, and uh, he's based uh, in the Phoenix area now where he's a stand-up comic and uh, coming back uh, with a, uh, uh, as I, I can't think of a better word other than admirable, uh, to be doing this uh, for four uh, wrestlers, three or four? Four. Four. Four uh, wrestlers uh, here on the local circuit who were in a, bad uh, car accident uh, are these uh, how are these guys doing um they're all they're all doing good two two are you know i i don't i don't have the exact details but uh two of them escaped with minor injuries two of them had more serious injuries but from what i understand they're stable but they're, you know they're, they're they're not in good shape but they're stable that's what i understand at press time and 
what would you where am I going with this? I mean, I don't want to, again, I don't want to just be too uh, frivolous with w- with the concept of the show, but I guess how do, uh, have you ever worked one of these shows? I'm, I guess I'm asking from a philosophical slash professional standpoint, Ernie. Have you ever done a show like this where you're supposed to be funny when everybody's showing up? There are probably going to be a lot of people in the audience who are related to these wrestlers. Uh, it's a serious time. How do you how do you get the crowd going? Uh, what's What's your objective? Well, we did do, in Phoenix one time, we did do a show that was a benefit for the Boston bombing. We did, we did a show like that that was similar, but nobody, no, no, none of the victims, you know, families were in town, you know, were in town to see that or anything like that. We just happened to do that because we thought it would be a good idea. So we did that after the Boston Marathon bombing, what, 2013, 2014-ish. So we've done something like that, but, I mean, just, I mean, just be funny. I mean, I don't think anybody's normal comedy set has inappropriate jokes about car accidents you know so just do your normal set and make people laugh so that, that's basically what we're going for here i mean just be, be funny and everybody's coming out to a comedy show wants to laugh and we just want to make people laugh and raise money at the same time do you have like wrestling material do you tailor your jokes for the crowd my guess wait don't a- answer ernie my guess is that your set has wrestling material in it regardless my set has wrestling material in it, regardless. Yes, you are absolutely. <laughs> yes, I have. Some, I have some jokes about being a wrestling fan, and uh, you know, the jokes on you when you're a wrestling fan. But um, anyhow, yeah. So this is, you know, I've always had wrestling jokes, make people laugh, and a couple other people on the show are big wrestling fans also. So I'm sure they'll have some wrestling jokes that are independent of anything related to this show. Well, Ernie Green, uh, thanks again for coming on the show to uh, promote your event. I think it's. Uh, I'm. I'm thrilled that you're doing it. I, I hope that I'm able to attend it. Uh, it's at Dwyer's Pub in North Tonawanda, 8.30 p.m. Friday night, $10 at the door to raise money for four guys who could use it and who are uh, who have a long road ahead. Um, their names again. And, and can you tell us any more about these guys? Let's not just gloss over who these, uh, who these men are, Ernie. What can you tell us about these, uh, these guys and, and their love of wrestling? Well, you know, I don't know all of them personally, but you know, the names Nick Puffpath, Kevin Bennett, Danny Garcia, and Kevin Lockwood—they're—they're—they're they're, they're going for their dream. You know, I'm professional wrestling. People think WWE and whatnot, but the live the real lifeblood of professional wrestling are these independent wrestlers who travel hundreds of miles and they're plying the craft for very little money a show, twenty-five dollars a show. So these people have a legitimate love for wrestling because they're not getting paid for it, a lot of money for it. Obviously, they're going to these shows and learn how to be a better wrestler and a better performer. And they have this love for professional wrestling. And, you know, to be in the independent scene, I just have an affinity for that. I I know how hard these people work and how, you know, it's a grind to drive a couple hundred miles, let alone, you know, and then also wrestle a 20-minute match and use your grind, you know, and get your your butt kicked, then drive another 200 miles home. So I just respect the heck out of that. And that's what they're doing right now. They're trying to achieve their dreams and make it into the big time. And this happened, and that's really unfortunate. Yeah, they're just uh, they're passionate about it clearly, and uh, you know I had not the not the name name drop at all, but I just coincidentally was having lunch with Lex Luger uh, yesterday. Uh, he was on the show last week, and so we met for coffee and uh, and lunch. And he was talking about how um, the Ultimate Warrior and Sting, when they were first getting started, uh, now these are guys who went on to be bona fide superstars, maybe two of the biggest superstars ever in the history uh, of pro wrestling. And the the junk that they had to deal with on the lower level regional circuits back in the day of not getting paid, of showing up to these events, and uh, you know at the end of the night not getting paid, getting injured, and not having any kind of 
medical care on site for them to, you know, they were just following their dream and eventually it all worked out. But if, if guys like Sting and the Ultimate Warrior are going through uh, all that, then imagine what, the, what these guys do when they show up to some high school gymnasium or a middle school somewhere and, and uh, they're doing it for the love of the, of the sport. Absolutely, and that's why I, you know, I've, I have a, a bunch of friends who have done this who are still doing that. So I have just the utmost respect for what they're doing and, and, and following their dream because, you know, we, 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 we start at the bottom in our journalism career. I, you know, I, when I started journalism, I was doing events for 20 bucks an article and, you know, lower-level things, but we weren't driving hundreds of miles and we weren't abusing our bodies to do that. So I can't imagine what that's like. So I just have the utmost respect for them. When I heard this happen, I'm like, we have to do something to help. All right, so one more time, uh, Dwyer's Pub in North Tonawanda, 8.30 Friday night, $10 at the door, uh, a comedy event uh, with uh, how many how many comics so far? There's going to be, I think, seven or eight. We might have a couple more on there, a couple more surprises maybe, depending on what's going on. If you show up, we might throw you up there for five minutes. You never know. I think so, I only uh, have three good minutes. Well, that, 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 that's, two, that's three more than I have, so don't worry about it. <laughs> All right, Ernie Green, thanks for coming on, Ernie. Uh, good luck with the event. Hope to see you on Friday night. Hey, thank you very much. And really quickly, if you go to my Twitter page, Real Ernie Green, all the information's on my pinned tweet. So if anybody wants more information, it's right there for them. And I'll retweet it. Uh, I'll retweet that out as soon as we get into the commercial break here, Ernie. Uh, good stuff, and uh, good luck with the event. Hey, thank you very much, guys. Appreciate it. All right, that's Ernie Green doing good things, doing good work here in Western New York. Uh, when we come back, we're going to have Joe Mahalik, former Niagara men's basketball coach, who's now at Hofstra and doing great things in the Colonial Athletic Conference. Uh, he's going to be here with us on the Tim Graham Show, brought to you by Viola Cummings and Lindsay, your workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys. Call 285-9555. Visit them on the web at violacummingslindsay.com. This is Sports Radio 1270 The Fan. This is the Tim Graham Show. CBS Sports Radio. Welcome to the Tim Graham Show. The Tim Graham Show. This is Sports Radio 1270 the fan. I know I'm going to get pimped. I love sausage. Shocking. Dizzying. How did this happen? When I bring the lumber, I diddled uh, some pole uh, over the weekend. Right. Not me so honia. The Tim Graham Show. Welcome back to the Tim Graham Show here on Sports Radio 1270 The Fan. I am Tim Graham of The Athletic here with my co-host Mike Rodak of ESPN.com. Jonah Bronstein also here to lend some basketball wisdom. And uh, Bobby Rosati handling the phones today, doing a yeoman's effort. It's been difficult today with the with the calls. For Bobby to handle all of them. Sorry. That's right. He's if he's surrounded by knobs, he knows exactly what to do with each one of them. He's like Homer Simpson in the credits of the Simpsons, the nuclear plant. Yeah, that's right. Joe Mahalik spent several years at Niagara University as their men's basketball coach, making two NCAA tournament appearances before leaving to go coach the Hofstra Pride, and he's been there for. This is his sixth season. He's been to the NIT a couple of times. Won 24 games in 25 uh, in uh, 2015-16 season. And uh, he's working on an even better season than that right now in the Colonial Athletic Conference. Association? Colonial Athletic Association. Association. I'm sorry. 
That's correct. Joe, that's a hell of an intro that I have coming in for you when I botch your conference. Yeah. You know, thanks for having me on, you know, yeah, the colonial. I think I think we, we fall into that alphabet soup. You know, CAA, AAC, all that stuff. We should just call ourselves the colonial, and then we have a little more marketing power. But uh, hey, what do I know? Well, you know a lot because you're dominating the colonial. At least uh, I know you're just starting conference play, but four and zero, I think, in the conference. No, uh, well, I hope so because that would mean we won tomorrow. Now we're three and zero. We got a game tomorrow. We're down here, down here in Virginia. We're playing William and Mary tomorrow. So, okay, we'll great record. Have the best record uh, counting the uh, non-conference games. The best record in the Colonial. And uh, Joe, you're remembered fondly here. And uh, I guess before we get started on Hofstra, what is it about the Western New York? college basketball scene uh, that strikes you these days because it has changed quite a bit uh, with Reggie Witherspoon now at Canisius and uh, UB's gone through a few coaches and uh, St. Bonaventure has done well every team has had its bit of success but I know that you still stay uh, in touch and uh, and look uh, look in on the big four schools quite a bit I sure do I loved every minute I was there Best 15 years of my life. We're really happy here. It's a great place. I'm, I'm happy to be doing, lucky to be doing what I'm doing. But I, we loved it up there. And great rivalries. Those Bonaventure games and Canisius games. And, you know, we, uh, we, the UB games were good as well. And now UB's, UB's a lot better now than they were when I was there. They were still good, but they're a lot better now. Uh, you know, Nate's done a great job. He's got a great assistant coach and, and Jim Weitzel and, yeah, I follow them all. I mean, it's, uh, it was great basketball. I loved every minute of it. And and uh, think about it, you said fondly, I think about being there. It's a, it's a lot of fond memories of being there. Hey, Joe, you mentioned Jim Weitzel. I know I know you're friendly with him and known him for a long time. I think he, he doesn't get a lot of recognition for the, the success UB's had up here. What can you tell us about him and, and what he brings to a program? I think one time you told me you're an expert source on assistant coaches and, and what they can do at a basketball program. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a self-proclaimed uh, expert on assistance because I was an assistant for so long. But, no, nah, Jim does a great job. He's a lifer. He's a, he's a junkie. I mean, you know, last two summers ago I came up there and just spent the day with him and Mike McDonald, who's also a great coach. And we just pushed the pencil around, X and O, talked about this, talked about that. And, you know, uh, he just loves what he does. But he's very good at what he does, loves what he does. And, you know, you'd be lucky to have him. We're in conversation with Hofstra men's basketball coach Joe Mahalik. His team is 13-3, and 3-0 in the conference, won 10 in a row, and 10-0 uh, at home. So a lot of good things going for your program this year. Uh, I know that uh, uh, the roster is solid. Justin Wright-Foreman, uh, one of the – maybe the best player in the conference. Um, I, I'd ask you about that, but I think you'd be biased in your response. But uh, he's uh, proving to be one of the better – players in the country uh, I guess how would you sum up for the the Western New York basketball fan who uh, just catches the occasional colonial game on television uh, how would you describe where your team is right now and where the program is entering your sixth year well you know the league whatever league you're in is the toughest league in the country I mean when you talk to any 350 coaches they're going to say our league's the toughest but the Colonial is a great conference. We're generally there's 32 conferences in the country, and you know we're generally ranked in the 10, 11, 12 range, and uh, you know that, that that means it's a pretty good league with some good players and good coaches and good teams. Um, you know, 
our league, you know, the footprint of our leagues are Northeastern and Boston down to Charleston, College of Charleston, and those two teams were picked ahead of us this year. And, you know, by the way, we're, we're proud of where we are, but we've just started. We've only played three league games. We're only halfway through. There's a lot of basketball to be played yet, and we were lucky to get past Northeastern the other day and haven't even seen Charleston yet. So, you know, it's a great league, and you know, there's no there's no easy outs in this league. Uh, you know, William & Mary are playing tomorrow. They don't, they don't lose at home. So, you know, it's a good league, good basketball, and it, it's fun to be in it and fun to play in it. The three losses to Virginia Commonwealth in overtime by two points at Maryland, at Marshall. So even your three losses, uh, you not that you're ever satisfied with a loss, but you know those are. Uh, what, I guess let me just ask you this, Joe: What did you learn from those games? What did you learn about your team? Yeah, that, you know this might sound corny, but you know those games make you better. Uh, when you go on the road and play Marshall, um, you know they don't lose at home. Uh, on the road to play VCU and take them to overtime. And then, of course, at Maryland, we were up seven early late, early in the second half. We were up seven. So, you know, those teams make you better, and they get you ready for, you know, we got this game tomorrow night at William & Mary. So it's going to be tough, but it's not going to be any tougher than at VCU and at, at Marshall and at Maryland. So, you know, that's, that's just the non-conference schedule. I think you want to you sharpen your teeth for league play, challenge your guys, get better, and uh, you know, hopefully, we, it's a one-bit league. As much as I love the Colonial, just like the MAC, just like the single-A MAC and the double-A MAC, it's a one-bit league. And so you got to be got to be real good for three days in March. We're in conversation with Hofstra men's basketball coach Joe Mahalik, and uh, wanted to spend a little bit more time on Justin Wright Foreman. He's averaging twenty-six point seven a game, and uh, that puts him third in the country and uh, first in the conference, as you'd expect. Uh, while also averaging five rebounds and about four assists a game. Uh, what is it about him? As we get closer to tournament time, we start watching the conference tournaments and, uh, and, and looking at, uh, at specific players. What is it uh, that the country should know about Justin Wright Foreman? Yeah, yeah he's, he's, a, he's a terrific player. and You know, those numbers are, 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 are overwhelming at times, but what's really staggering is the – the percentages. He's, he's shooting like 50% from the three, and he he's, uh, you know, up in the high 80s foul shooting percentage, and and uh, it's just incredible. And you mentioned the rebounds and assists. And he's been very efficient, and he's doing this with seeing the best defender every game. He's certainly the name that is circled on the scouting report every time we go out and play somebody. And he just welcomes it. He, he loves the challenge. He The brighter the lights, the bigger the game, the more he wants to be out there. You know, the better the other team's defensive player is, the the the, the uh, you know the more invigorated he is to take that challenge on. I mean, he's just it's just he he wants to be great. You know, he just you can't get him out of the gym. He's the first one there. He's the last one to leave. And you know, he's uh, we're just enjoying having him with us and and savoring every minute. See, you had a lot of high scoring players over the years here at Niagara, even going back to Lionel Simmons at LaSalle. Does he? Does Wright Foreman remind you of anybody? Does he play similarly to, to a player that maybe up here we were familiar with? Well, you know, I mean, my first year in Niagara, we had Alvin Young, who led the country in scoring. You know, and Alvin was, 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 was like him. I mean, Justin's, you know, I'm not going to say one guy's better than the other because I love both of those guys. But, man, I wouldn't trade either one of them for uh, anybody at their time. We had DeMond Stewart. He was a great scorer. Sharon Fisher was an incredible scorer up there. He scored a lot of points. You know, 
we have always had a style where the scorers can score points. And uh, now the critics would say we don't play any defense, and, you know, it's, <laughs> it's probably, probably true to a degree. But, you know, if you can score, it's, it's the, the way we play, our style of play is fun. That's a style, whether it's the NBA, college basketball, even down to high school levels, everybody's playing similar to that right now. You're a little ahead of the curve with playing fast, shooting threes. How do you feel about the way the game's evolved, and does that help or hurt you that more teams are playing that type of way? Well, I, I love it. I mean, it's fun to coach this way. It's it's fun to play this way, and I think it's fun to, to watch if you're a fan. I mean, it's, I mean, that's the trifecta for me. Uh, I have incredible respect for people like Tony Bennett at, at uh, Virginia who wins and wins and wins, and, you know, it's, a, it's more of a pace that's a lot slower than this, but God bless him, and I, I salute him. But uh, this is an awful lot of fun, and, you know, the style. And I, I ask, like, you know, people ask about Justin Wright Foreman, is he an NBA player? Well, I think he might be because of the way that, of what you're just talking about here, that, that the NBA style now is so offensive, like score and and uh, score points and open open the floor up and those kinds of things, and that's why I think Justin can be in the NBA. I think one of the questions for basketball fans in Buffalo is we look at all the success that Nate's had the last couple of years at UB, and obviously at some point he's probably going to take the next step and, and move up the ladder. You have experience doing that yourself, so what goes into – Maybe not the decision itself. I think we all understand why somebody would do that as a coach, but maybe more the timing and when is the right time to to make that move, just in general terms. Yeah, I don't know if there's a formula. I don't think. I think it's a very inexact science. It's it's you know somebody once said to me, whenever you have to make a big decision, at the end of the day, you're going to make it with your heart. Um, you know, you can list this and, and have your checklist and check off boxes and. But in, the, in your gut, you're going to have the feeling like, you know what, this is the time, this is the place. You know, for me, it was awful hard to leave up there. I mean, I cried like a baby leaving there, but because I loved it so much, I still love it up there. Um, but, uh, you know, it just felt like the right time to do it. It was a great opportunity. A lot of it was related to personal stuff. Our, my, my sons, we never saw our kids anymore. They were all, you know, one of them was living in Virginia, mom's living in Philadelphia, one's in Connecticut, so... You know, now we get to see our kids. So, um, you know, for Nate, I don't know what's gonna if, if the time's gonna come. I mean, who knows? Maybe he'll stay. You'll be the rest of his life and live happily ever after. But he's a heck of a coach and has done an incredible job. And uh, you know, I would just say, to, you know, be careful what you wish for. It's got to be the right time, and the right place. Joe Mahalik, thanks for coming on and talking to us about Hofstra basketball and. Uh, your thoughts on on Western New York and and the scene here? I, I guess I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you future upcoming uh, or future season schedules, non conference games. Uh, how much how much would you want to come back here and play some games? Let's, I, I would I'd be I would love to. You know I, I, I don't in, in one way on one hand I'd love to. On the other hand I wouldn't I don't know if all the teams are good. I, you know be you know, I wouldn't say I'd love to play UB because they're so doggone good or. Or Niagara, or St. Bonaventure, or Canisius, but uh, you know, love to come up there. Love coming up there. It's great basketball. Joe, thanks for joining us. And uh, uh, our good friend Scooter Vertino uh, says that I'm supposed to ask you about Josh Allen before we go. So let me uh, let me uh-huh. get your scouting report on the Bills quarterback. Oh man, I, I I love him. He's a winner. He's a gamer, 
hey, I don't know all this stuff about accuracy and footwork and all that stuff. That's for the experts. But, man, that kid wants to be out there. He He's a Buffalo kind of guy. Jeez, I, I haven't missed a game. I haven't missed a game. We're going to miss Kyle Williams. But, man, I, uh, I'm excited about Josh Allen. Hofstra men's basketball coach Joe Mahalik. Thanks for coming on, and good luck the rest of the season down the conference uh, home stretch. And uh, maybe we'll see you even beyond that. I hope so. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Joe Mahalik, everybody. Uh, we're going to hit a break. We're going to come back and have Daniel Carcillo uh, to talk about some very important issues going on with NHL players. Uh, when we come back here on the Tim Graham Show, Sports Radio 1270, The Fan. This is the Tim Graham Show. Other than it's a 9555, visit him on the web at violacummingslindsay.com. Our next guest is Daniel Carcillo. Played nine NHL seasons with Phoenix, Philadelphia, Chicago, L.A., and the New York Rangers. Daniel, before we get into more serious issues, you played for half of the original six teams. How much difference is there between playing for an original six team or playing anywhere else in the National Hockey League? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I, I started my career with Arizona um, uh, with the Phoenix Coyotes then. Wayne Gretzky was my coach. Um, when that's I, pretty heady, isn't it? When I was there, yeah, no doubt. But when I was there for two years, it's a market where – it's not a hockey market, and and I'm I grew up in King City, uh, in Canada, and, and um, when I got to Philly, when I got to Philadelphia, you just I don't know how to de- well, I do know how to describe it. You just feel um, more of an onus to perform uh, because the fans are so passionate and they're so uh, just enthralled with what you do not only on the rink but in the community um and so when and those organizations tend to treat guys um a little better as far as treatment as far as um providing basically anything to make us successful right and um so i think that's the biggest difference is is when there's that fan appreciation you want to perform, you want to do your best night in and night out, so it actually makes you a better player um, because you don't want to let the fans down. Ultimately, the fans are the ones paying your paycheck. And, um, you know, it, so that's, I think, the big We're in conversation with Daniel Carcillo, uh, NHL uh, player for nine seasons and uh, founder of the Chapter 5 Foundation. And uh, he is, his name is on the Stanley Cup twice, uh, won it uh, with the Chicago Blackhawks in 2013 and 2015. But uh, by far and away, in my opinion, the more important work that Daniel Carcillo will do is with the Chapter 5 Foundation, uh, named Chapter 5 because his good friend Steve Montador wore number 5 with the Chicago Blackhawks. Steve Montador was found dead uh, in his home, 35 years old, after dealing with depression, drug and alcohol addiction. Uh, this was three years ago next month, or I'm sorry, four years ago next month uh, that Steve died. And it had a huge impact on Daniel Carcillo to want to do something for players uh, and an exit strategy from the game. Uh, Daniel, can you, can you describe the, your mission at the Chapter 5 Foundation and what type of progress you think you've made over the few years in in helping players 
not repeat mistakes and uh, and tragedies that have happened already. In a nutshell, um, basically just helping guys transition into life after the game. And I call life after the game the real world. Um, uh, the athlete-centered world is not the real world. Uh, in, in the real world, you're making your own schedule. Um, in the hockey world, they make it for you. They tell you where you can go, um, when you can go there, how many days you get for your holiday. Uh, they tell you when to be on the bus, which flights, what city you're going to be in. Um, and so what I do with Chapter 5, the biggest thing I do is try to alleviate um, the big stressors. There's, uh, there's usually, you know, four or five major stressors that guys have uh, in transition. Um, number one it would be self-discovery. Um, you know, a lot of guys have said ego death. If you are, um, if your happiness is derived from 21,000 fans screaming, um, you know, you're gonna, you might struggle, right? If you are, if your ego is directly tied into, you think that uh, you're a hockey player named Daniel. Well, that's not, that's not right. It's um, you are, you're Daniel. I was Daniel who played hockey. All right. Um, so luckily, I didn't buy into all that stuff. Um, I love music. Um, I love going to concerts. I love going to new restaurants and telling the guys about it. I love making the playlist in the room. I loved everything that didn't basically have to do with the game. It had to do with the community and connecting with guys and basically alleviating the stress that I didn't feel. Jonathan Tave, Patrick Kane, guys like that that have so much responsibility and make so much money. There's a lot of stress that comes with that. So I just tried to be fun and, and engage those guys and, and, you know, um, talk to them about, you know, what I was doing in the community because the reality is they don't have the luxury of doing that stuff. And uh, some games I wasn't playing, you know, and so, but I would enjoy life. And um, one of the biggest things I do now is I highlight treatment options because in transition, a lot of us are hurt. All right. Um, I left the game with two horizontal tears on both of my ankles, arthritis in both knees, no PCL in my right knee, ACL surgery on my left knee, uh, no labrum in my left shoulder, uh, hip surgery on my left labrum. Uh, I had my abdomen stapled back to my pelvis on my left side. Uh, I've had seven diagnosed concussions. Uh, I've, I've, I have uh, a couple inches of arthritis in, in three discs in my neck, uh, a new, numerous neck tears. The list goes on. I don't say that because I want your sympathy or um, I just say that because that's my reality. And there was no way that I couldn't address those injuries. Uh, the answer isn't to get somebody a job. Um, it's to, number one, let's, let's get you treated so that, you know, your mind is working uh, the right way so that you can actually problem solve. So your frontal lobes aren't shut down. Your lower right cortex isn't shut down from the thousands, the thousands of, of head hits that we take, right? And even hits to the body that affect us and have affected us since a very young age because, like, to be honest with you, I think we're headed for an epidemic, um, I think we're headed for a TBI concussion epidemic. Uh, I played the game of hockey. I started playing at four, and I was hitting at four years old. Um, so the number one thing to do is to figure out who you are, self-discovery. Then let's get you treated, get you healthy enough so that you can keep your job, you can keep your family, um, you know, you can be a good husband, you can be a good father, Um and everything else will kind of fall into place. So it's it's a it's a mentorship program, you know, guys. Just it's an informal process. Conversations with uh, different individuals who need the help. Um, 
There's no fees. Everything goes towards, all donations go towards helping guys. Nobody takes a salary. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I just, I, I move forward. I move forward like that, you know, and I'm in, I'm in LA right now. Um, I've got, uh, I've got Joe from Lunar Workshop sitting beside me and he's helping me film this stuff and film alternative treatments and, and, and just show, I think the biggest message right now is that there's hope. There's hope. Cause when guys lose hope, then they look for a means to an end. And, um, you know, we could run through the names, but that has happened more often than, than not. And, and it's, uh, it's dangerous. And I just want to try as hard as I can to honor my friend's name. And I mean, I've had those thoughts too. I've had suicidal ideations. I've wanted to kill myself, um, before I went to the Placicity Brain Center. Um, and, and I have three beautiful, healthy kids, a healthy wife. I have a roof over my head. I'm financially secure. Why, why am I having these thoughts? I, you know, I was never predisposed to anxiety, depression at a young age. So I had to figure it out. And, and it's derived from the NHL robbing us of proper understanding, diagnosis, and care for these traumatic brain injuries. We're in conversation with Daniel Carcillo, a left wing uh, in the NHL for nine seasons, a winner of two Stanley Cups. That's what you may remember him as, but now he's doing his best work as founder of the Chapter 5 Foundation. And uh, Daniel, uh, I, just as a little bit of perspective uh, that, that I have regarding brain injuries and hockey, uh, when I started covering the National Hockey League in 2000, uh, and I switched over to the, the National Football League in 2007. My belief about the National Hockey League was that they were progressive about brain injuries, that they were at the forefront, that they had a concussion protocol that other sports should try to emulate. Uh, I then went to cover the National Football League for the past 12 years, and I saw the NFL catch up with and get rid of, I think, a lot of Neanderthal-type thoughts and really get past a lot of the stigma that you had with uh, self-reporting, uh, admitting that you have these injuries, admitting that you're having these thoughts, uh, whether it be depression or uh, suicidal ideations, as you say, or of uh, just uh, being in a dark place. And now when I look at the National Hockey League and what Gary Bettman has to say about CTE and that it's not a, as big of a thing and he's always dismissive about it, I see that I just get the impression that the National Hockey League that I used to think was progressive about these injuries now seems to be so far behind. What is your stance as somebody who's been working on this for the past few years in terms of advocacy and awareness where you think the NHL and its front office and all this, the people who wear the suits and the, NA, the uh, NHLPA too, uh, where they are in terms of addressing uh, repeated brain trauma and how it affects players in retirement? Well, they don't. It's plain and simple. And they're killing human beings by robbing them and withholding information about the risks of doing their job. Um, you know, I say this all the time. Colin Campbell, Gregory Campbell, uh, his son, played in the league. He, he played the enforcer role that I played. The NHL made that role up. They made that role to sell the game. To sell, sell the game on violence, hate, and rivalries. There's quotes right? And the emails, you can go read them. Colin says it. I mean, I have a three-year-old son and, and I would like to think that if I was an NHL executive and I had the power to better protect my son while he's playing in, in the league of denial, I would do that. Gary Bettman has a grandson who plays AAA hockey. Kids are looking to the NHL for everything, for rule changes, for the skill, for 
treatment options, for care options, for information about the risks of actually playing the sport, and they're robbing kids and parents of that. Um, and Gary Bettman, too, he has a family member who plays the game. I just can't fathom that. I can't, I can't compute that. You know, um, the NHLPA is a glorified PR machine. They go into the community. They don't really care about the players. Um, you know, they have a big problem on their hands, too. Like, there's guys calling for a business review. Why, why does Donald Fair make $3 million when the NHL is in fifth place in generating sport revenue, now behind the Premier League, um, and he makes double what the NFLPA union leader does? Same way you go down the list. Same with Matthew Schneider. The NBA PA, okay, listen to this stat. They brought in $110 million last year. They put $79 million back into the programming, into the, into the NBA PA for their players. The NHL brought in $29 million, and they, and they put back $0 in the form of programming for their players. You just have to be really careful with, number one, what you're reading. You have to understand and you have to know who these 40 doctors are. Uh, that are making consensus statements for concussions that kids and parents are following at minor hockey, minor soccer levels, minor football levels, okay? You have to understand that out of the 40 doctors, there's 16 that are employed by the NFL. There's eight that are employed by the NHL. There's six that are employed by the rugby leagues. And then the rest are, there's one from soccer and, and so on and so forth. But you cannot be employed through the NHL, which is a league that denies the link between receiving treatment for repetitive head trauma and also be making consensus statements for kids and parents to better protect them in sport-related concussions. And it is so crooked. And I just keep going down this rabbit hole, and I'm just going to keep exposing it for what it is. Um, sports medicine today is the same as industrial medicine back in the 18 and 1900s. It's just an updated version. And what that means is less man games lost. And if you ask any questions and you want workers' comp and you want to go to court, we're going to fight you with everything we have. So less days lost in the coal mines on the railroads, all right? That's what sports medicine is. So we need to get to a point in society where we're, it's not called sports medicine. It should be called athlete medicine. You're serving the athlete. You're not serving the sport. You're putting human beings first. And now I want to say this. This works three ways, okay? And it makes everybody happy, okay? If you provide proper understanding, diagnosis, and care for human beings that play hockey, the human being wins, okay? Because he's not leaving the game with a chemical imbalance. And during the game, he's actually an optimized athlete, um, and he's less susceptible to injury. You know how the fans win? They see an optimized athlete because with this type of treatment, your hand-eye increases, your um, processing speed increases, which is very important for um, hockey players. Um, so you're going to see an even better athlete than you see today. And then number three, the owners and GMs all win because they're not paying guys guaranteed contracts and guys are sitting out for long periods of time. So, uh, you know, we all understand. I think we can all get down with the fact that Gary Bettman has a lawyer lingo and, and – Nothing's going to happen until this stuff is settled, which is, is very understandable. We can all agree to that. But in the meantime, 
I think they can implement some things that I'm about to highlight um, through video that will better help protect these guys. Um, they use an impact test, a baseline impact test. It's just a computer test. Guys fail it because they don't understand the risks of doing their job. And athletes, you have to understand our mentality. If you're not playing, you're not going to get another contract and you're done. But you can't blame the athlete if they don't know the risks of, of doing that. You know, and so it's really scary. And they're the last league. I mean, they're the last ones that are still denying it. And there's no denying this. I mean, if anybody wants to learn about this and how I learned about this, go follow Stephen Casper, okay, on Twitter. He's a historian. All right? And, and you'll just connect all the dots. Like, just know what you're reading Know who the doctors are. Kent Johnson, go follow him on Twitter. Kimberly Archie, I'm about to walk into a meeting with her. She did the litigations for 15 to 1,500 to 2,000 NFL players. She's been helping me learn all this stuff. I mean, because I want to know who you can trust. I want to know where the people get hit in a car accident and they have a concussion. They don't, number one, they don't call it a car accident concussion. All right? If someone falls and hits their head, they don't call it a fall concussion. They just call it a concussion. All right, so the term sport-related concussion should be thrown out the window. It's a brain injury. Okay, number two, the difference between a concussion and a TBI. The concussion are the symptoms. Uh, the TBI is the actual event. It's the actual event, the hit, the shearing of your white and gray matter, blood lesions, all that stuff. Okay, that's the difference between the two. Forget about CTE because it's way too new and all the studies are just way too biased. Okay. Let's get back to talking about brain injuries and quantifying that and, and where people go to get treatment or, excuse me, to get care um, to build new neurological pathways around your dead neurons so that you can feel like I do again. I feel like I feel sharp again. You know, my quality of life's been improved. I can have these conversations with you that I could not have seven months ago. Daniel, I know you're up against it here and um, with your meeting, but I don't want to get off the uh, phone with you without having uh, spent at least a, a minute on uh, Steve Montador and what he meant to you. And uh, fans here in Buffalo remember him. He played for the Sabres for two seasons, and uh, he is the, uh, the namesake, for lack of a better word, on the Chapter 5 Foundation because he wore number five when you were together with the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, but I also know you guys fought once. And or at least once, and yeah. you were a, a willing yeah, once, fighter, yeah. and so was he. And the the idea of fighting in hockey, I'm sure it, you don't feel the same as a, about it as you did when you played. But I guess when you think of your your buddy Steve and and being in it with him at that time, uh, and and where things are now, um, how do you how do you reflect back on on Steve and his and his career? Oh, uh, I mean, we were just doing our job, you know. Um, that's it. You know, we were doing our job. And when we met in Chicago, I was newly sober. He was, he had six years under his belt, took me under his wing, showed me how to live a happy, happy life, um, you know, without substances. And we talked a lot about transition and what we were going to do after in 2013. And when I say things like the NHL kills human beings, the NHL killed Steve Monador by clearing him more specifically, the Chicago Blackhawks did by clearing him for four concussions in a little over 70 days. Um, and, and, oh man, he had, uh, 
he had he. I went to his house after he passed in Mississauga. He had nine keys made up for the same deadbolt. Um, because he kept losing them, or so he uh, so he wouldn't. Yeah, he'd get yeah, lost. Yeah, because he kept losing them. I went to I went to a dealership, and uh, the one of one of our mutual friends came up to me after he passed and said, "Hey, man, I, you know I knew Steve really well. He bought his Porsche here. He used to call me once a day, sometimes twice a day." and ask me where he parked his car after just walking into a restaurant. Um, all of this stuff is really, really, really scary. And, I mean, you know, I, I'm facing this stuff head on. I, I'm not, I'm not clear. I'm not, I'm not, you know, my grandmother passed from Alzheimer's, you know, and so, you know, there's things, there's steps I have to take to get checked and, I just, I communicated with Steve almost, you know, daily when he was in transition and he was trying to find, you know, he's such a deep guy. He was such a deep, honest, genuine, amazing, amazing person and always interested in what you're doing and if you're okay and making other people happy, you know, and um, I just, I have to honor him. You know, I, I feel like if I, if that would have happened to me, he'd be doing exactly what I'm doing. You know, and if he was still here, he'd be doing this with me, you know. Um, and I just don't want to, I don't want kids growing up in this great game. The game of hockey's great. NHL, not so much, you know. And so I just want to make sure that people understand the risks that they're putting their kids under by playing the sport. This isn't about not playing the sport. It's just about understanding the risk and then making sure that you know your treatment options, your diagnostic options, and then moving forward. You want to sign on the dotted line? Go ahead. You want to monetize that? All the power to you. Um, but the reason I do this is because they, they withheld that information from us. They robbed us of that decision. And now Steve's gone. You know, and uh, there's no bringing him back. And um, this is my life's work now. I will not stop. For those who want to learn more or to help, please visit Chapter5Foundation.com. You can follow Daniel Carcillo on Twitter. It is a compelling feed in which he talks about these issues. Uh, you can see videos. Uh, he posts uh, data, uh, his thoughts on, on the various issues as they evolve. Follow him at CarBombBoom13, a Twitter handle that lends itself to the type of player and style that uh, Daniel Carcillo played, uh, but uh, doing much different and, I think, more uh, rewarding work now than when you were winning Stanley Cups with the Chicago Blackhawks. Daniel Carcillo... Thank you for coming on and explaining uh, these issues and providing your insights on them. I think it's a very important subject. I appreciate the platform, Tim. I really do. Thank you, man. All right, Daniel. Sorry to make you late for your meeting. Uh, hopefully you think it was worthwhile uh, to stay with us. Uh, Daniel Carcillo, everybody. Um, when we come back, we're going to have Joel Staniszewski on the line from Vegas. Not nearly as important uh, as what Daniel Carcillo was just talking about. Uh, but we're going to have uh, thoughts on this week's, uh, this weekend's uh, NFL playoff slate uh, when we come back on the Tim Graham Show, brought to you by Viola Cummings and Lindsay, your workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys. Call 285-9555. Visit them on the web at violacummingslindsay.com. This is the Tim Graham Show on Sports Radio 1270 The Fan. This is Sports Radio 1270 The Fan. The- Welcome back to the Tim Graham Show here on Sports Radio 1270 The Fan. I see that the Cleveland Browns have fired 
special teams coordinator, Amos Jones. So maybe uh, he'll be the replacement for Danny Crossman. Mm. More importantly, they also fired Bob Wiley. Yes. Oh. Hard Knocks fame. Also of Westerly, Rhode Island. Jeez. Great little town. Was he a flu or fighter, sorry, he a fighter or pilot or something like that? Or was there some no crazy? Way. Really? Yeah, he's He fit in a plane? Well, not, he used now to. he couldn't. Bills also won't be getting Sean Kugler back as offensive line coach. That's right. See that? Oh, I didn't. What was Tampa the, Bay? Oh, Tampa no. Bay. But there were reports that they had maybe wanted him and Broncos weren't able to interview him it. or something like that. Yeah. Well, we only have a few minutes left, so let's jump right at it. From Buffalo to Las Vegas, it's Joel Everyone who hates Tom Brady hates Tom Brady because he, he's not on there. Tomorrow is my birthday. <laughs> but I mean, this is just awesome. I mean, the excitement that's around the, the, the city of it. It's more like a royal flash. Joel Staniszewski on the line from Vegas. Joel is from Sloan. He went to St. Joe's and Buff State, and now he breaks down the NFL slate for us because for the past 14 years he's lived in Las Vegas as a handicapper, as an odds maker, as a gambling analyst, you name it, the guy's into it. And he went 5-0 and last week. Congratulations, Joel, on a hot weekend. Thank you very much. Uh, the day before... The day before the Super Bowl is my birthday, so so we're so we're all clear about when my birthday is. Okay, ready to go. <laughs> so let's dive right into it. Uh, these games have much bigger spreads this week. Um, let's start with Indianapolis at Kansas City. It opened at four and a half, but everybody seems to like Kansas City. It's now at five and a half. Uh, where are you with this one? Uh, yeah, that's a really tough one for me. Um, it, it, I mean, it's tough when you get to this point of the season. Every team is good. Every team's on a win streak. Nobody at this point has, has backed into a position. They're all there for a reason. Um, everyone likes the Colts. Everyone is involved with the what have you done for me lately. Everyone's always thinking about what happened last week. Uh, the Colts' offense is, is shown to be extremely powerful. Uh, their defense is pretty good, and the Chiefs, haven't played in a week, and everyone's remembering them having a, a defense that can't stop anybody. Um, you know, the, the, the Chiefs have given up at least a, uh, an average of 26 points a game, second most passing yards, and not to mention they've also averaged a league-worst 8.6 penalties per game. Uh, so when you look at, you know, the, both teams, they're, they're both great offenses, um, but everyone's remembering uh, the Chiefs falling apart in the playoffs, what they've historically have done, and everyone is remembering the Colts uh, playing well last week. So it's really hard for a person looking at this game to really pick uh, Kansas City. I mean, they're 3-13 and straight up their last 16 games when playing against Indianapolis. So there's not a good uh, history of the Chiefs against the Colts, which is why everyone uh, is really on Indianapolis, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards them myself. Yeah, I misspoke when I said everybody was betting Kansas City because now you're getting, or no, the money is coming in on Kansas City, or isn't it? 
Uh, no, no, it's the coming money in that... on Indianapolis. It's moved to it's moved to point. Uh, you got you're it. Now, you're now getting so you want to give uh, or you want to you're going to take the five and a half points in Indianapolis. That is correct. All right, Dallas at the L.A. Rams uh, opened as a seven point uh, spread in uh, the Rams' favor and has stayed as such. Uh, yeah, again, this is a, a great matchup. Uh, obviously, every game at this point is going to be a great matchup. Um, what stood out to me is the fact that the uh, Rams are a much higher uh, passing team than they are a running team. They pass the ball 55% of the time to 45 running. The Cowboys are 10-1 and straight up in games where the opposing offense had more passing attempts than rushing attempts. This includes when they beat uh, New Orleans and Philly twice this year. Um, so the Rams are going to have to get their play calling in, in, in line. They're going to have to be really smart with how they run their plays, and they're going to have to stop uh, Ezekiel Elliott, and that's going to be their, their, big, their big problem is, is stopping him. So where are you going to go on this one? That one I'm going to go with Dallas because they're getting a touchdown. Dallas I think that's a lot of points. Plus seven. Yeah. So far, sticking with the road dogs, just as you did last yep. week. All right. And then it, that, that changes on Sunday. <laughs> All right. Chargers at Patriots. Uh, Patriots are giving four points to the Chargers. Yeah, the Chargers are on a great win streak. Um, they're 5-1 and one against the spread in road playoff games with Phillip Rivers as a starter. But in the Brady-Bilicek era, the Patriots are 19-3 and three straight up and 12-9-1 against the spread in 22 playoff home playoff games in the last 18 years. So you, you just can't go against the Patriots at home as much as I want to. I still remember that Ravens game where the Ravens uh, embarrassed uh, the Patriots, although that was uh, Wes Welker had gotten hurt in the season finale. Yeah, that's right. what it was. And they came into the game uh, without uh, the security probably blanket. probably worst season. And the Ravens jumped on them. Ray Rice yeah. ran all over them early, and they couldn't catch up. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's not uh, common. Uh, Philadelphia getting eight points at New Orleans. That, 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 that spread seems a little high to me. Um, I, I think it's more of like a touchdown, maybe a little less than a touchdown the line should be, uh, but that's not going to shy me away from liking New Orleans. Um, I, I, I bet against the Eagles twice last year and uh, made a bad choice with those. I liked them this this last week, um, but I think they're just in over their heads against the Saints. Uh, they're one and four straight up and against the spread. Their last five games against the Saints, uh, Saints are fourteen and two straight up. Their last sixteen home games, so I really can't see their offense slowing down. And they're uh, a much better defense than they have been in the past than they were when they won the Super Bowl. So I think that the Saints are definitely the the team to beat to get to the championship. All right, Joel Staniszewski, undefeated in the playoffs. Oh. Taking it to the next level. We'll see how he's well, he's you got to listen to the guy. He just went 5 and 0. Oh. Yeah, you can't go wrong. Do you want to take the a stab month. at any of these totals before we uh before we can wrap or before we have to wrap it up since you you stabbed uh, one of those last week? I, I yeah, I did I did grab one last week that I liked. I think uh I think the total on Indian KC is too high. Um, I think that 57 is where it at now is, yep. is is too high of a spread. I think that's going to be I think that's that's going to be an under game. 
The other three, I'm I'm kind of iffy on. I'm a I'm a big fan of playing totals uh, in running when you see what's going on with the game. Uh, the the now, I understand the, the Eagles treated you well in that facet last they, week. They, uh, that that missed kick, that missed field goal at the end of the game was awesome for a buddy of mine and me. We had a lot invested on the Eagles. He had them on a parlay. I had them in running. Uh, that missed kick was was phenomenal for both of us. We Joel, stand it. Yeah. <laughs> You need to hit that button twice really quick, though, Sorry, Bobby. Can you do it twice? <laughs> That's about as quick as I can get it. <laughs> Joel Staniszewski, thanks for joining us, Joel, and we'll catch you next right. week. Hopefully we'll be talking about uh, your 10-0 and playoff record. Uh, Let's hope so. I also want to thank Daniel Carcillo, a founder of the Chapter 5 Foundation, for talking about head injuries in the National Hockey League and many of the other issues that uh, NHL players face upon retirement joe mahalik hofstra men's basketball coach ernie green uh, check out the uh, event at dwyer's pub in north tonawanda 8 30 friday night uh, ten dollars at the door to raise some money for some uh, local pro wrestlers uh, who need your help after a car accident i want to thank mike rodak of espn.com jonah bronstein bobby rosati and uh, you know who else I want to thank? I want to thank Viola Cummings and Lindsay, your workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys. Call 285-9555 or visit them on the web at violacummingslindsay.com. The Tim Graham Show comes to you every Wednesday at 4 o'clock. Catch you next week here on Sports Radio 1270 The Fan. Sports Radio 1270 The Fan. Live sports talk 24-7. Buffalo's home for CBS Sports Radio. The Tim Graham Show. The Buffalo home of the Syracuse Orange. The Bucky and Sully Show. Weekday mornings from 9 till noon. Buffalo has a choice for sports radio. This is Sports Radio 1270 The Fan.